Let's get to our guest, though, right now. He's ready to go. Philly skipper Rob Thompson joining us right now. Topper, great to see you. First off, how's the offseason going? Do you do anything fun and exciting in the offseason to kind of unwind a little bit from the uh, season grind? Uh, usually during the season, I don't, don't do anything fun, so it's kind of normal. Uh, <laughs> every day is about the same. You know, I just hang out and uh, rest up and get caught up in some stuff, family stuff, and that's just about it. Okay, fair. Well, your offseason not as exciting as Reese Hoskins, so we might as well start there because you had him, right? How much do you think the team missed him this past season and in the postseason, and what is the team going to be getting in Reese Hoskins? Uh, I think you're going to get 30 home runs and close to 100 RBIs, if not more, and you can get high on base, a guy that's going to um, work deep counts, see a lot of pitches, wear a pitcher down, and you're going to get a great clubhouse presence who's, um, you know, uh, ex- extremely professional, very supportive, just an outstanding teammate. I said earlier, right before you got on here, and I got chastised by AJ, I said, <laughs> I think the Phillies make it to the World Series and are playing the Rangers if Reese Hoskins is in that lineup. And AJ's, AJ's points were valid, like, oh, it shifted the defense. Do you feel like – if you had one more bat in your lineup because the bats kind of got cold, the Diamondbacks did a good job of making an adjustment to you guys in the NLCS. Do you feel like Reese Hoskins puts you guys over the edge and you're back in the World Series again? Um, you know, it's a good question. It's hard to tell, um, you know, because obviously it didn't happen. But all I can tell you is that um, Reese was a big part of our club and Losing him at the end of spring training was just, um, you know, was devastating um, to our players individually. I mean, because they love Reese. But, uh, you know, it's hard to tell in that playoff scenario. Uh, I think the Diamondbacks just did a great job on us. And, you know, we went cold there for a couple games. Every, everything was made about Schwarber coming in and, you know, kind of taking that, like, leadership role. Do you know, if there was there any, like, moment where Schwarber had to – go to Reese and say, hey, I know this could be your team. Are you cool with this? Or was it like a two-headed monster that it was Reese's team? He was kind of like the Pat Burrell of the 08 Phillies. Yeah, I think it kind of just happened organically because they're both such great teammates. And I think Reese was is always all about uh, the team and the greater good and, and whatever whatever somebody brought to the table, if it, if it um, helped Reese out in that way, which this did. I mean, it's great to have multiple leaders in your clubhouse, and, and we're fortunate to have that. Rob, what, how much did it mean to bring back Aaron Nola this offseason? Not only for what he's done the last couple of years, getting you guys to the postseason, but what he's done for his entire career as a Phillies. Because he, let's not forget, he was there for the down years also. Yeah, that and that's been the great thing, you know, with, Nola and Reese to to um, have some success here as a team in the last couple of years and and Noel's ever since I've been here, um, you know this is I think this is going to be my sixth year coming up. Uh, you he's he hasn't missed a start and you can pretty much book six innings every time he walks out on the mound and that's in a long season that's uh, um, that's critical to have and then and he's proved that uh, the postseason doesn't doesn't affect him the the uh, the heartbeat doesn't doesn't go up. He just he's just a pro. He prepares and then he goes out and competes and executes. As a manager, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a guy who is going to give you 
10 strikeouts per nine and make every start since 2017? Or would you rather have a guy that's going to give you 11.2 strikeouts per nine and never make every start in one season? Yeah, the starts is a big thing. You know, 10 strikeouts to 11.2 strikeouts, it's not much difference there. But it's the guy that's going to stay healthy and, and eat up innings and, and be successful at the same time. I mean, you could have a guy throw 180 innings, but it's not very good. Well, Knowles is going to give you 180 to 200 plus innings, and it's going to be really good. So now that's really what you want. Topper, uh, were you ever nervous that Nola wasn't going to re-sign with the ball club? And did you have any conversations, not just this offseason, but over the past year with him, with the front office? Because front offices also have to evaluate and and have to pick a price point for a player and say, hey, we'll yeah. go to this level. So what happened over the past year? Now that he's signed and done, you know what went down that you can give us a little inside look at? I think the thing with players for me is that just the fact that they know that you love them and that you want them around, you appreciate what they give you. Um, I don't think I'd ever try and talk a guy into signing here or doing this. Um, I want them to do what they think is best for their families and their careers. And I just want to let them know that I appreciate them and, and that I want them, but uh, I'm not trying to, I'm not certainly not going to try and coerce them one way or the other. Rob, I'm going to follow up on Kratz's question because he kind of took a little dig at me in that because we had an <laughs> argument who was better, Glasnow or Nola. So that was his subtle way of like kind of taking a dig at me. But the way he worded it, he worded it in a way that, of course, you're going to say Aaron Nola. Now, I'm going to add one more to that fire. Would you rather have a 25-year-old Japanese dude that throws 100 with a 90-mile-hour split and makes every start and is possible to come and be a Philly? He's pretty good. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, a heck, he's a heck of a talent. But I, I can tell you this. I mean, when you play in this market, Philadelphia, all the big markets, New York, Philadelphia, Boston, um, I think it's really important, and we saw it with Trey a little bit last year, that, that those guys that come in on these uh, big contracts, you, you got to do your best to try and get them off to a good start so they don't start thinking about it and it doesn't start snowballing on them. So you know one thing with NOLA, Philly's not going to affect them. Yeah, that's huge. What, what, which market is tougher? You've, you've experienced them both. You've experienced them at the highest level. You haven't won a World Series yet in Philly. Which market is tougher, New York or Philly? Uh, it's a good question because the, the one thing that separates New York and Philly for me is that I never managed in New York. So I, you know, the, the, um, the daily media sessions, I, I was never really a part of it. I just either coached third or, or was a bench coach and, and, uh, um, somebody else had to answer the question. So, uh, for me, um, you know, just having the media responsibility, it's a little bit tougher for me in Philadelphia, but, um, the one thing about Philadelphia is that, you know, they're passionate. They're, they're very uh, tough. It's a blue collar town. Um, if you make a mistake, if something goes wrong, they're going to talk about it because they love their sports. But the, but the flip side of that is what you see in the playoffs, the, the love and the passion, the positive passion that they have, the energy that they create um, for our players is just uh, really, really effective. And, and um, I can't, <laughs> I've never been in an atmosphere that was better than the Philly ballparks in the playoffs the last two years. 
Hey, Rob, I like to look at underrated components of when a front office changes. So I read Ken Rosenthal's note about how Dave Dombrowski assigned Jorge Volandia to um, spend more time in Asia to pursue the top Jap Japanese talent and Korean baseball talent out there because the Phillies have only had two players coming from Japan in their history, Tadaguchi um, and Sotaguchi. So curious if you've observed that and if you can give us any more details on how that was put together, because obviously that's an important market, especially this offseason that we're talking about very frequently. And it goes beyond Yamamoto too, right? Imanaga is going to sign for big money and there are other names as well. Yeah, um, I'm not really sure exactly how it happened when Georgie was named uh, assistant general manager, but um, I do know this, that Georgie Volani is a heck of a baseball man. And some at some point he's going to be a GM for, for a lucky team. He's done such a great job, uh, in, not only in in, in uh, Japan but also in in Latin America. But once he took over the the Japanese assignment, he signed a, a couple of really good scouts from from there, and and has really spent a lot of time there and immersed himself into the a little bit in the culture and, and and just traveling the the. Um, the country of Japan and seeing players and, and getting word out and, and creating um, creating trust and cr getting connections. He's just done an unbelievable job. We just have a much, much better presence in Japan than I think we ever have probably. Georgie is the man. I will second that. Jorge Valendia, if he is not a GM in the next three years, people are not doing their research, but that's, that's a true. completely... That's a completely other topic, so I agree. Rarely do I agree with you, Topper, but this is a case <laughs> where I agree with you. If you're having if you're having a big time key free agent, who's like who's in that meeting with you? Who's who's in that meeting to meet with that guy? Players, front office, coaching staff. Who who is that for you guys? It's it, it'd be the front office. You know, the, obviously Dave and Sam and the assistant GMs. Um, and also uh, myself, there might be some scouts that are involved and there might be whatever uh, um, the, the coach that will be involved with that player. So if it's a pitcher, it'd be Caleb. If it's a position player, it might be Kevin Long or, or uh, Bobby Dickerson or somebody like that. So that, that's, it's a pretty big group and everybody gives their opinions and it's, um, it's really a good process because nobody takes anything personal. We we um, we give our opinions and everybody respects that. Any players? Any players? Because we saw the whole Shohei wooing in, I mean, the whole Yamamoto wooing in in um, L.A. You know, they had Freddie Freeman, they had Mookie, they had Shohei to woo him. Is there any players that you guys bring in and like actually meet them? And do you think that's an important aspect? No, they're not in the room, um, but you know. You, I think in in any case you can get players together, but via Zoom or FaceTime or whatever. Um, but you know we pretty much keep it to the front office and and uh, a little bit of the coaching staff. Rob, we're getting some questions about Canadian baseball. So Jamie, for example, wants to know if you'll be uh, working the next WBC in some capacity for Team Canada. Any thoughts? I know we're pretty early. We got a ways to go, but do you want yeah, to be involved? I haven't really thought about that, but uh, I'm I'm hoping that I'm I'm still managing the Phillies at that point. So that's Ernie fair. Ernie Witt would never give that job up, and that's Ernie. true. And I think I think they got a great manager in Ernie Witt. You know, 
Um, I don't think he's going anywhere. Well, and this is why I asked. I said any involvement. So yeah. maybe you help with recruiting. Sometimes Canada doesn't always get to convince all of their players to be a part of the mix, right? They haven't had great results. Yeah. So if you were approached to help them, you know, on more of like a advisory front office kind of situation to rep the country, would you be interested? Yeah, I think I'd be interested in helping out in any way I can. But, um, you know, like I said, I hope I'm still managing the Phillies and I don't have to, uh, I don't have to go anywhere. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm a proud Canadian and, and uh, I always wish them the best work whenever they play in that tournament. So any way I can help, I would. So All right, Rob. We need, well, I was just going to say, Jay, we need to get him one of those Bryce Harper 13-year deals then. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm sure he'd love that. <laughs> uh, well, my question is also, I got a question about Canada. Did you see all the stuff Kevin Gossman coming out? I mean, is you know, Canada's leading man, Rob. What's the deal with all these people saying it sucks to play for Toronto? I've heard nothing but good things from players playing in Toronto. So here's your chance. Defend Toronto and defend the way of life in Canada. Let's go. Wow. I Now, I never saw anything of the Kevin Gossman thing, so I can't comment on that. But um, I think the fans in Toronto, I think it's a big market city. So you're going to get the passion. Um, you know, they fill the stadium up now. And when, when, whenever they play well, they fill the stadium up. So, you know, they got a good, great fan base. They got the entire country rooting for them. And, and uh, you know, it's like the, the Toronto Maple Leafs in, um, here in Canada. They, you know, they're very passionate about them and they're very passionate about the Blue Jays as well. So uh, I think I think it's a great place to live and I think it's a great place to, to perform. Um, and you know, a great place to play baseball, to tell you the truth. Before the 2022 season, you let a few people know that it was going to be your last year. And then you became the manager, and then you became two games away from a World Series champion. Now, this offseason, you get a one-year contract extension the same year that Craig Council gets a four-year highest paid extension or contract, not extension. Do you feel like... Congratulations is in order, or would you like to have more than more than the one year extension, or do you feel like the team has earned you more than a one year extension? Um, I'll, I'll put it this way: I feel like uh, since I've been in Philadelphia, I've been treated more than fairly, and um, I have a great relationship with Dave and Sam and, and John Middleton, and I trust them um, as much as I trust anybody else, and and so. I've been treated fairly. The one-year deal was good for me. I, I told Dave, you know, um, if we're doing this just to eliminate questions, um, you don't have to. All I want to know is that you want me here. And he said, oh, yeah, we want you here. So I, I was good with it. And by the way, Craig Council already fake texted me. Um, it's a five-year deal. Kratz, don't sell him short. Okay? <laughs> my bad. My bad. My bad. How you doing? Um, so two follow-ups here, Topper. One, we ask this to players all the time. In your mind, I know it's changed. How long do you want to manage? How, how long in your mind, obviously you want to pick up a World Series title. And let's say you pick one up within the next few years. Like, Do you yeah. feel like you have five years left, 10 years left? Like, wh- What are you interested in? Yeah, I don't know because it all depends on how I'm feeling and, and uh, how much fun I'm having. You know, I, I, I was going to retire from, from baseball a few years ago. Um, basically because I felt like I was getting stale. And and then once this job came about and 
with the people we have and the coaches we have and, and um, you know, learning a new job really and learning every day from it, um, you know, it, it's really energized me and it's, it's brought me back to loving the game and wanting to go to work and getting up in the morning and being excited. So um, as long as that's still in my life, then, then I'll, I'll keep doing it as long as the Phillies want me to. And then my other follow-up was on council. What did you think of that whole situation where you have a manager who basically enters free agency and at least a part of the equation is he felt like manager salaries weren't going in the right direction based on guys that had been there for a while and were talented, right? And you look back, I think you know, it was like Joe Torre kind of salaries were not there yeah. anymore. Um, so did you have respect for what he did to kind of maybe reset the market for managers that have been around for a while? You know how hard the job is. Yeah, yeah. No, I do. I, I think I praise him for what he did. And, and um, you know, not everybody's going to get that type of salary. It depends on the market. And I think it was the perfect storm for him. You know, he's the free agent. He's a great manager. He could probably pick and choose. And so it went to the highest bidder. And it happens to work out really good for him because it's still fairly close to his hometown of Milwaukee. So I think it was just kind of a perfect storm for him, but um, I do respect him for it. I do. I think he's done a great thing for, for a lot of managers for, um, you know, for future money earning. So, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I think it's just a great thing. Should we have a format to the playoff change? Because the Phillies have taken advantage of it, beating the Braves the last two years after the Braves had a hundred plus wins, the Dodgers, have lost two years after. Should there be a format change if the Phillies win 105 games this year and are the number one seed? Um, I, I kind of like the format myself. Of course, I'm a little bit biased. We've had a little success <laughs> with it. so. Um, but I, I kind of like it. And, and um, you know, you're going to get questions along the way, like, um, is it better to, to be the wild card team? Well, if that's what you're planning on doing is being cut, getting into the playoffs as a wild card team, you're probably going to miss the playoffs. So, you be, you know, our our, uh, our focus is still going to be winning the National League East and, and, and just, you know, um, all those other decisions sort of out of our control and we just we just keep moving forward. Topper, is there is there a feeling amongst you, and I don't know, when you talk to fans and I talk to fans, I'm sure you talk to people wherever you're at, and they say, okay, baseball's changed. There needs to be a salary cap because you look at certain teams, the Dodgers, the Braves, and your Phillies, kind of are super teams, they want to call them, because you guys go out, spend money, bring in high-priced free agents, and you're trying to win, as we all wish every team would try to do. Does that bring more pressure? Does that bring higher expectations? And do you think Major League Baseball should do something about that? I don't want to say salary cap because, listen, as a former player, we all know players don't want caps. but is there a way to make every team try as much as your team is? Well, I think there should maybe be a floor. Um, and I'm not the commissioner, and I don't, I don't think too much about rules because it's, it's out of my control. But I do think there should be a floor. I'm not sure about a salary cap. Um, you know, it's, it's a business, and everybody's going to run it, you know, the way they see fit and what's best for them. But um, – I'm glad at where I'm at right now. I can tell you that because um, Mr. Milton wants to win, and and um, you know he he uh, he's willing to spend the money within reason. I mean he's he's not a he's not silly. That's for sure. 
Did you guys talk to Shohei Otani? Was he that kind of silly? Uh, not that I know of. Okay, so you didn't you didn't talk to Shohei. I didn't know no. how silly we were getting. No, and even if I did, I couldn't tell you that anyway. What? No, no, he already signed. You can talk to you can tell <laughs> us who you talk to anytime because you're a person and Shohei Otani's a person. But I'm gonna go to your superstar. Is him moving to first base better for Bryce or better for the team in the short term? Um, well, it, it does a couple of things because it, you know, it gets a little bit more time for Schwab in the, in the DH spot. And, and then it, so that frees up some of our really high end athletes to go out there and run baseballs down, whether it be, whether Rojas makes the team, but we got Marsh and we got Pache and we got, you know, guys that can go cover ground. And, and, um, that's not to say that, that Bryce isn't going to DH at times or Castellanos isn't going to DH at times, but I, I just think it gives us a little bit more flexibility. All right. So Bryce Harper also is locked in still for a million more years, but his agent came out, Scott Boris, and said, we want an extension. You think that you think that Bryce Harper should get extended until he's like 48? Well, it's not my money. But, uh, <laughs> but I love the guy, and I, however long I'm here, I want him here. That's for sure. Well, that's only one. That's only two more years, though. Apparently, so maybe you should well, be right the one now, yeah. asking right for now. an extension, Topper, not Bryce Harper. <laughs> you need you need you need Bryce Harper to come out and say I'm not playing for anybody except Rob Thompson, and then you have all the power. Yeah. Well, Did you see that clause? Well, Remember the uh, Otani has that. That's real. That came out. So. Topper, I don't know if you know this, but Shohei Otani actually does have an opt-out yeah. in his contract. You saw that? If yeah. Andrew Freeman yeah, or the owner leaves, then he can bounce. I don't think yeah. I'd seen that kind of contract stipulation before, had you? I don't think so. Not that I can remember anyway, but um, it's an interesting uh, interesting way to go about it. I like <laughs> it. Hey, if, if I was a player... I would put that in for the fills. We talk pretty nicely about your owner, John Middleton. Um, and I would be scared, you know, I'd have a clause. Like if it's John Fisher instead of John Middleton, I'm out. So just throwing that out there. No, I'd yeah. say, listen, I'd, if I'm topper, I'm going to Trey. I'm going to Nola. I'm going to Wheeler. I'm going to Harper and saying, listen, boys, if you guys want to be in the lineup, Wheeler, if you want to pitch opening day, Nola, you want to pitch the second game of the year, you guys all need to come out and say you're not playing unless I get like a five-year extension. Put the pressure well, on them. If if I was extended out by Turner and, and, and Harp's contracts, I'd be about ninety years old by the time I'm, <laughs> I'm done. So I, I think I think it might be a little bit old. Hey, you don't have to fulfill them. You just you know you get to a point, and then you just you know fall slide into the back. You know, like Charlie Manuel did. Just be the you know assistant to the assistant traveling secretary, but you still collect your yeah. money, but you're really not doing anything. Yeah. And then, and then my wife had divorced me because I'm never home, and, and you know, so you got to think about all these things before. That's you true. Get that Topper, done. all the time we're on here, I always make fun of myself because I wear my ex team's shirts around, like when I'm when I'm at home. Like I'll wear a Phillies shirt to work out and a Red Sox shirt the next day to work out. Yeah. How often are you wear Are you wearing your Phillies stuff? I see you got your Phillies jacket on there. So are you? Well, are you strolling I, around with your Philly stuff? Well, I have a gym here at the house, so I, I'm from here. I'm going to work out in my in the house. So when I go outside, I'm not wearing Philly stuff. 
Not not any. You don't even have like a Phillies beanie because I know it's cold. No. Nope. So I got University of Kansas, uh, that type of stuff. Thank you, Topper. Thank you, because I hate billboarders like Kratz. I don't ever wear. I never wore one thing when I was playing. Never. I don't need people don't just said work out. I didn't say I'm it doesn't going, matter. I'm like, work out nowhere to the grocery store. No chance. We weren't all the no. face of Nike, so we couldn't get free <laughs> Nike stuff anytime we wanted it. Right, Topper? You know, Topper knows. Yeah. Topper was a grinder. Topper was on the backfields. He was in the clover leaf. He's got he's got clover leaf. He's got disease to clover leaf. He gets hives when he's around <laughs> clover leaves. Hey, I got one more. So but back to Harper in a unique way this time. So it was a while ago, but in that series against Atlanta, you had a little attaboy Harper from Orlando Arcia. So did you see anything behind the scenes where your guys were like, eh, we're going to show them, which I think was great for the game, by the way, just adding another fun yeah. storyline to the postseason. And then you did have at least a couple of Braves players, Arcia himself, Travis Darno saying like, Oh, you can't say what we say in the clubhouse. You've been in the clubhouse for a while, and you know. I mean, the reporters yeah. were not in there for that long. They're allowed to report what's said. Sure. Um, and, I, you know, we had Orlando at the uh, All-Star game this year. I was man uh, fortunate enough to manage the game and, and a complete professional when he was at the All-Star game. So I think, you know, probably a mistake on his part, but I, I don't think he was trying to be malicious or anything like that. Um, cause he is, he seemed like a really good kid, um, and very professional. And I, I think the the talk in the clubhouse wasn't okay. Not what we're going to show or we're going to show them. It was more like, Oh God, what, I mean, what's harping this going to be two home runs, might be three home runs tonight. Who knows? You know, cause he gets motivated by different things. And, and when he's really motivated, he is really, really special. Topper, I mean, come on. You've been in the clubhouse a long time. We've all been in the clubhouse except for Scott. People say stuff at the end of the game, and they're just talking trash. I mean, it's it's yeah. good for the game. I got no – like, I know it – yeah, it motivated Bryce. He made a mistake, right? But he made an yeah. aggressive mistake. So, listen, I had no problem with what Arcia said. I had no problem with the reporters reporting it. I thought it was great right. for the game, and I was – listen, I love it. I love trash talk. Let's bring it on. Let's make it – Let's make it a little more open for people where they're not hiding. Hey, you know what? If I play for the Phillies, guess what? I don't like the Braves. I don't like the Mets. I don't like the Marlins. Why? Because they're trying to kick my ass. We're going to kick theirs. So, listen, Bryce made a mistake. Arcea said what he said. It, was, it wasn't It was like a yeah. personal shot. It was fun. Let's embrace this. Let's not be like, oh, I take it back. No, screw that, dude. I said it. Yeah, yeah it was a fun shot. Bryce, listen, I, we all know we all motivated by different things. And good for y'all because guess what? It got Bryce pissed and then – Boom, you guys win the series. You needed what you guys needed was like Zach Gallon to be like Bryce Bryce can't get a hit off me and then bam bam bam, but you know. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it I wasn't offended by it at all. And I I didn't didn't think anything less of Orlando Garcia. Um, you know, it's just probably came out of his mouth and um, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, worked out well on the short term for that one. So the rivalry continues coming up soon, obviously just a few months away. Topper, great to catch up with you. Go crush that workout right now, right? Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, guys. I right. really appreciate it. Thank you. Great to have you.